The information contained within this podcast does not consider your personal circumstances and is of a general nature only. You should not act on it without first obtaining professional financial advice specific to your circumstances. Paul Atherton is an ex-Wall Street advisor on a mission to help young people win back their financial power, wealth and security. He does this by helping them understand the hidden world of finance, risk and investments, helps them figure out how it impacts them and to seize the opportunities to make it work to their advantage. This is Paul Street Journal. I'm here with Paul Atherton this morning. How are you, Paul? Hi, Tim. Yeah, I'm really well. Thank you. It's good. Uh, just, you know, looking through my finances and just wondering what a credit score is and how I've changed it in my time. Yeah, that's a good question. I, I think we really don't think we have a credit score until we really need credit, and usually that's a mortgage, but we're unaware that there is this uh, number following us or, around, and it's, yeah, it's called a credit score, and um, I can just go over the basics for you. But So in Australia, the credit score is uh, a number between 0 and 1,200. Um, I think I mentioned before that that number in the States is 0 to 800, I think. So the score is up to 1,200, and you can get that by just applying for it. Um, through Equifax. It used to be VADA or VADA score, but you can do it through Equifax. Just look up Google, Equifax, credits, um, personal credit score. And by legislation, you're allowed to get that to yourself once every year um, for free. And I suggest people do that. It's a good habit to get into. Have a look and see what see what it is um, and see what people have written on your credit score. So and we'll get to that in a second, I think. But um, so the score is between 0 and 1,200. Well, what does that mean? Well, if you have a score between 0 and 509, that's sort of the cutoff, you're considered below average credit score. That means it's more likely an adverse event will happen over the next 12 months. An average credit score is 510 to 621 as average. I suggest that it's likely, not more likely, but likely. Um, And that places you in the 21 to 40% uh, range uh, of the population. A good credit score is adverse events are less likely. That's 622 to 725 and about 41 to 60% of the that's that's around the range of the population. Very good is 726 to 832. Um, unfavorable ev- events are unlikely. And then there's excellent, which is where we all want to be, and that's 833 to 1200. Um, that means very unlikely. Adverse events are highly unlikely to happen is the exact wording on it. So that's sort of the range of your credit score. And again, best to be up the higher spectrum and than the lower. So I've had, you know, personal loans and I've had credit cards in my time. Is it based on my history or is it based on my income? Are they looking at me as 21 and they're saying, oh, your credit score is this? Or what's it, what impacts my credit score the most? Yeah, well, I think that's a good question. And I, when you look at your credit score and your what's on your credit report, it's just, uh, important to know what is driving that number. So you'll see a number, but essentially the largest component of driving your credit score is your payment history. So do you pay your bills on time? So if you do, you're going to get a higher score. If you don't, you're going to have a lower score. And if you don't pay them on time, well, how late are you? That also comes into it. Have you had one payment a little bit late or you have no payments or do you have a payment that's 30 days late or 60 days late or 90 days late or even more? So the later, the more frequent you have late payments the, and your payment history, that is a problem. Though it could be worse. Maybe you've had one where you haven't paid or you've had collections against you. If you've had a collection, it's a huge red flag. 
against your credit score. And, or do you, you, know, do you have any charges, some debt settlements, bankruptcies, foreclosures? This is all about payment history and your ability to pay the, your creditors in, in, your, in your life and your, um, and your history. The second largest score, so I think that, that, that roughly is about 35% of your score. 30% of your score will come from how much you owe and how much credit you use. Now, this is relatively easy to manipulate relatively and it may be somewhat counterintuitive because we often think that we get higher credit extensions from our bank and from our credit cards and we go wow they must think i'm great and they do they think you're fantastic because they really want you to borrow up to your limit but that doesn't mean it's going to look good on your credit score so somebody that owes ten dollars against a 500 dollars limit is going to have a better credit impact or a better credit score than somebody that has an 8,000 on on a credit card against a $10,000 limit, which again may seem like, I've got a $10,000 limit, so I should have a great credit. Well, not necessarily if you borrow right up to your limit. The other thing is the length of your credit history. So this may seem a bit unfortunate, but if you might not have much of a history, so if you're young, this is actually held against you. It's a smallish version against the others, it's 15%. But if you don't appear on any uh, radar, then we don't know. Credit agencies, Equifax doesn't know how to rank you, and we'll assume that it's because of bad reasons or just place a... um, of adverse uh, number against you. I had this um, actually when I first started in New York. I was in the States. I had no credit history. So even though I was working on Wall Street, I had a very incredibly well-paid job, but nobody would give me a credit card. So I had to pay down cash against a credit card. This was before debit cards. And put cash against a credit card, and that was my limit, and that's how I ended up building a credit history. And then there's a small line, which is new lines of credit. So I don't know if you've heard this, but people say, don't always call up for new credit cards and actually have new lines of credit. Just the inquiry itself gets noted on your credit history. So you've asked for new lines of credit, and that often is a red flag. So if you did it 10 times, for example, just because you were trying to find out what kind of credit cards you might be able to get, even if you didn't intend to go through with them, that will impact your credit score. And the last is the types of credit you have. If you just have one mortgage, you're going to have a better credit score. But if you have a store card, a credit card, a personal loan, a car loan, a mortgage, you have a loan against your kitchen, you have loans against three cars and six credit cards, you could get the picture. That's going to adversely affect. So often it is simplicity is best, lower credit limits, smaller debts against your credit limits, and a very tight payment history of always paying, and that will positively impact your credit score. So like you said earlier that you had a well-paying job and you couldn't get a credit card because you had no credit history. That's right. What do you recommend for young people who want to build up a credit history before they get a mortgage? If you don't recommend that they put themselves into debt, what would be a way to build up a credit history? Well, it's uh, that's an excellent way of doing it is, is to get a credit card, very small limit, thousand um, dollars or something yeah just put it, whatever you feel that's just comfortable and then I don't know have it so you know I want you well within your comfort limit take that and then purchase what you normally would purchase anyway on your credit card and pay it off on time and that will just show a really good credit history you're now building that history of credit you're showing and proving to this sort of 
algorithm that's operating in the background, you're proving that you can, you know, the numbers will just ratchet higher. It's just natural. So for instance, I, when I was 18, got myself a, a credit card for the very same reason. Mm. Um, and it had 41 days interest free on it or something. And, and it cost me like $30 a year to have it, but I've never paid a single bit of interest on it. I've just- Fantastic. Yeah, so that's the way that's to do built it. Mine. Yeah, great. And uh, so there you, you've used it as a credit. I mean, we all need credit, right? It's bad as I hate credit. You know, even I use credit. I use it for transactional purposes. Credit cards hate me because I pay it instantly. Um, I generally, to be honest, I use a debit card. But nevertheless, credit you can use as a functional part of your life. But just pay it off. Simple. And you have a great credit score. They'll th up your limit without you asking. And um, often I tell people to try and get that lowered, lower your limit for various reasons. I probably get into that in terms of what goes into buying a house. But uh, uh, yeah, credit history, build it up, pay it on time, you'll get a high score. Simple. Perfect. Well, thank you for coming in this morning, Paul. Lovely. Thanks, Tim. Paul Street Journal.